0: Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and this show is brought to you by Navman. Now, I need to talk about my old man's car for a second. He drives, well, not every day, but he has a Sunbeam Rapier. It's a very old English car. We're talking about something from a whole other era before we had GPS units in cars. Now, as he does go to cars and coffee or different car shows and things like that, one of the important things he needs is a Navman unit. And the one that I've recently hooked him up with is the Cruise 650 MMT. This is a device that has a six inch screen. So it's a large display, which is great for you know people who are driving at that age. Um, and it's easy to see. But what I do love is it's really advanced lane guidance. Now I'm talking about when you're on a motorway, you might have four lanes. One of them's a turning lane. And then further up the road, you might see another turning lane. You're thinking, gosh, which one am I meant to be in? I don't want to get caught out. It literally guides you lane by lane to make sure that you are taking the correct exit at the correct time. It even shows the actual big street signs to make sure you know what you're seeing on the road is actually what you're seeing as part of the the guidance. So I'm talking about those big green signs that say Piedmont, Glebe, Darling Harbour, this way, that way. It's going to do all of that for you, which I absolutely love love. It means that you're not going to get confused. You're not going to have confusion on the road from the cars behind you, the cars next to you. You're not going to be that person weaving all over the road. You'll take the right exit at the right time and get to where you need on time. $229 recommended retail price for this model. But if you want to go cheaper, you certainly can do that. And again, you get those free monthly map updates as well. So if there's a new road, something has changed, something's gone on in your area or where you're going, don't worry, the Navman will know about it as well. Now, Let's get on with a pretty jam packed show. Now, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I have a glass, I have a deep glass of red wine. It's called the Quiver. It's from the McLaren Vale. This is 100% Grenache. So without getting into the details of it, you know a a lot of wine bottles are GSMs? This is the G in the GSM, and it's 100% G. So we're talking about 100% Grenache, which is quite rare to find usually. A lot of people do blend their wines when it comes to Grenache, but from the clarenaval i keep on i keep on almost swallowing because i can still taste a really long long smooth finish on this bottle of wine plenty of red berries though you know those raspberry lollies those ones that look like a little jelly Those things, it has huge hints of that inside it, which is a really nice wine to have by itself, but this is going to go really well with dinner later on tonight as well. It's raining, guys. It's pouring cats and dogs. It feels like it's been raining all week uh, where I am in Sydney, but uh, it makes perfect red wine weather, I must say. Now, tonight on the show, or today, depending on when it is that you are listening, we're going to go straight into some news. I'm going to have news from Aspera. They're a mobile phone company. News from Arlo about their new security camera. I have a new soundbar sitting next to me from Bose, which just literally turned up to my doorstep. It's kind of weird when that happens. Um, We have a question. It's a question of the day, which is going to be about the Apple ECG feature. We're going to talk about a new Google Nest device, one that will monitor your sleep. Uh, New smartphones from Samsung called the A-Series. We're going to compare that to the rest of the market that is out there as well. And I have just come back from the city uh, from an overnight stay in a hotel. In that hotel, I was watching an 85-inch TV, and I'm talking about 15 grand's worth of AV equipment in the lounge room, plus the an amazing TV that they also put in the bedroom, all from Samsung. And I can't wait to tell you all about those as well. And let you know, is it really worth buying a $13,000 TV? Well, stay tuned to find out. We're going to cover that in the show as well. So first and foremost, let's get into slicing up some of that tech news. I had that question again uh, this week. Someone DM'd me on Twitter and said, Hey, what do you do when you play those little bits of music in between segments? And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I have a pretty long sip of that lovely wine or whatever wine I'm drinking or drink that I'm having that day. Now, first and foremost, Aspera. Aspera is a company that has been making really inexpensive smartphones or basic phones for quite some time, relatively new to Australia, uh, but they have announced a new phone. Now, this will only appeal to a small group of people. This is the Aspera R40 um we're t- essentially talking about a dumb phone here this isn't a smartphone which has a big touch screen and things like that that we're used to seeing as the norm now this is a you know, a fully featured phone. It's got physical keys, your up, down, left, right arrows. It's got your one, two, threes all the way to nine, star hash, um, big call button, big answer button. It has got a couple of apps built into it though. And this is very similar to that Nokia rugged device that I tested when I ditched the smartphone. A very, very similar. I think it runs the same operating system as well called KaiOS. There is a very small and basic app store there, um, which means this is a pretty good package if you want to go simple. $129 for this phone, it is available now um, if you go into retail stores within Australia, but super rugged, meaning if you're going hiking, you're taking this, you're a tradie, whatever the case may be, it could be that perfect phone. I will say though that one of the biggest reasons I ran away from the rugged Nokia device was because of the call quality was so poor. Um, I remember doing radio interviews and they're like, what phone are you using? You sound terrible. And it was my biggest reason actually to go back to a smartphone because I can't sound poor on the radio. Audio is all you've got. So if when you're talking about a phone that all it really is good at is making calls and it's not good at making calls, you've got a problem. This does have Spotify, it's got a version of Facebook on it, it's got a version of YouTube and Google Maps, just like that Nokia device had as well. So worth comparing them, this uh, one from Aspera is cheaper, but you are buying essentially what is known as a no-brand phone. At least with Nokia, perhaps you've got some brand loyalty there if you want to go that way. My experience though... Even if you want to go rugged, you can get rugged smartphones. And if you want to go basic, you can dumb down your smartphone. At least you've got that large screen when you want to use apps or want to watch content, whatever the case may be. So, you know, 129 bucks it's available now. If it's up your, up your alley, maybe you want to ditch the smartphone or have a phone that you can ditch uh, over the weekends and go basic, power to you. Arlo. Arlo have announced a new Pro camera. Now, Arlo's been announcing stuff what feels like every few weeks. Um, we tend to talk about them a lot on the show. I have Arlo cameras here. I have a variety of them. I have, the, I have Arlo threes. I have some essential cameras. I have the spotlights and stuff like that. And what I must say is, when I first got set up with Arlo, I had one of the units that required the base station. And I've got two or three cameras that require the base station. And to be honest, it's annoying. It's a big box that you have to have somewhere in the house. You know, it needs power. Ideally, it needs to be plugged into your router and things like that. So bit of a problem. But the Pro 4 range, and obviously all their essential ones were like this as well, no longer requiring the hub. And I think that's an amazing thing because, again, it's just that one less box, and it means you could just get one camera. And for a lot of people, they just want one camera to start with, see how they feel about it, and then you might start to expand on that. So a really cool thing that they're doing here, the Pro four series however we're talking about high-end we're talking about i think it's um two and a half k types of video resolution it's got color night vision as well so you can really identify um, how people look whether they're trespassing or whatever the case may be if a car is pulled into a driveway you'll know the color of the car or what somebody is wearing and things like that still has a spotlight in it still has two-way audio um, no real highlights here around battery life they're not really making a big song and dance about that the, the one that I've tested before, the, one of the essential, um, which has the 12-month battery life, I've only recently recharged that. So it's not 12 months, but it's probably about six months, which is amazing out of a camera that you have to recharge. And don't forget, you can always buy solar panels for cameras as well. So if you are mounting them somewhere that's annoying to pull down every few months, um, do think about getting a solar panel for that. But otherwise, the Arlo Pro 4, it's it's the bee's knees. You can get cheaper models, obviously, if you have some things that you don't need in that area. Let's get to pricing, 369 for one, 699 for two, and $1299 for four. So there is a sliding scale where you can save some money there. But again, no base station required, guys. So it's a nice thing to have. You can expand on that. You could go and get the Arlo doorbell um, and really build a full ecosystem. You can even get the Arlo baby monitor. Uh, which I've tested as well. I didn't think it was actually as good as others that are out there. I think Uniden make a better baby monitor if that's what you're into. Um, and I've also just tested a Cubo AI baby monitor, heaps more expensive, but so much better. If you're uh, if you're shopping around for baby monitors, let me know, I've got some advice for you. Now, I did mention that Bose has sent me a soundbar. Um, kind of unexpected. I think they'd sent me an email during the week to say that there was a new product coming out and they wanted to let me know about it turns out letting you know about it isn't sending you an email. It's having a courier drop off a $600 soundbar to your door uh, with a bag of of snacks, which is quite nice. I've already dug into the Maltesers and whatnot. Thank you for that. But here is the Smart Soundbar 300. Now, I've already said the price. You already know the big spoiler alert here. But we're talking about a $600 soundbar that doesn't come with a sub. It doesn't come with rear speakers. They're all add-ons. So I think Bose is doing a Sonos in this way where you can go modular, where you can say, I just want the soundbar because I don't feel like I need to wake up the neighbors. I'm not that crazy about home theater, so I don't want the rear speakers. But then maybe later on you do and you can add those on. Crazy again, $600 more will give you the sub. Another $450 will give you the rear speakers. So you know, if you get the whole package and you want like a 5.1 type setup, you're looking at about $1,200 to do that. What's interesting about this soundbar on its own, so we're forgetting about all the other um, pieces I was just talking about there, it's got a thing called voice for video and I have to test this. I will be connecting it up and giving it a whirl. Um, Using the Alexa or Google Assistant that's on board the soundbar, you can actually talk and control the TV as well. So we're talking about, you know, hey, A or G, um, turn the TV on and watch Netflix. Turn the TV on and put on channel 10. So you're doing this one command to your soundbar to turn the TV on and put it on the channel you want to watch. And what I love about that is, you know, oh God, it's six o'clock. I need to walk in the lounge room. I want to catch the news. You walk into the room, you talk to the room, the soundbar listens, turns your TV on, puts on the show that you were hoping to watch, whether it was, you know, married at first sight or whatever. I really like that. The other thing that I do appreciate as well is it also has a simple sync connection, which means if you've got Bluetooth headphones um, and everyone's gone to bed, you can be sitting on the couch connect your Bluetooth headphones to the soundbar, and whatever the soundbar would normally be projecting comes to your headphones. So I usually connect my headphones to the TV, but not all TVs have Bluetooth. Again, in this situation, it doesn't matter what you've got connected to the TV. As long as that audio is being passed through the soundbar, you're going to get it on your headphones as well. It's so good because there's nothing worse than trying to watch a movie with subtitles or with poor audio. Being able to connect headphones is just amazing, and I do recommend this sometimes to people who are hearing impaired. Um, if rather than crank your TV so loud that you'll upset the neighbours, get a pair of headphones and use those because then you can be hearing impaired, you can still be listening to it to the level that suits your hearing um, without actually you know deafening everybody else in the process. So really cool. I will be testing this out. I'm connecting it to my TV. I'll be taking. I'll actually take the Sonos Arc away from the TV and put this in its place. I don't expect this to be better than the Sonos Arc. We're talking about half the price here. But I am going to be fascinated to see what impact it does have in a room that's not terribly big. I think it's going to be really interesting. I do, I do actually expect this to do quite well, even without the subwoofer involved. I'm, I'm pretty excited by this. Both don't make crappy products, um, and I don't think you're going to hear me that disappointed with it. I'm just going to be curious as to whether it's worth $600. That's all. Because I know what LG sells. I know what Samsung sells at that price point. I've tested them before. They carry Dolby Atmos. They carry a lot of bang. They usually have a subwoofer with it for this price as well. So let's see how that goes. We'll run it through the ringer and see what happens. I'll wake up the neighbors as part of my test. Now, We're going to jump into a question. I had one from, let me get the actual name because I don't want to um, exclude anybody. I'm very, very inclusive here. Very, very inclusive. Hi, Jeff. Love your podcast. Thank you. Um, You've mentioned previously that Apple hasn't, hasn't let us have the ECG feature on the Apple Watch here in Australia. Right. I've read a few reports that this has now been approved by the TGA. Correct. Any idea when we'll be able to use it? Cheers, Chris. Chris, thanks for your message. Now, you're right. The TGA have approved the Apple Watch ECG feature in Australia. Everyone else who's listening to this podcast in in America or wherever, yeah, I know you've already had the ECG feature for some time. I get it. But in Australia, we have some pretty stringent rules around um, turning a consumer good into a medical device. It actually is a big deal. So when you are running something through the TGA, um, we used to think it took a lot of time. However, Withings, when they announced their scan watch, they said it took a month to get TGA approval. Apple have had ECG capability for a couple of years and only now have approval. It's a bit weird. I feel like they just didn't file for it. However, yes, now that the CGA has approved it, guess what? The ball is back in Apple's court to roll out an update that will go to Australian consumers who have iPhones, who have Apple Watches, to enable the feature. So it's not a matter of um, if, it's now a matter of when. So. Good news, I think, that it's no longer a TGA issue. Again, the ball is back in Apple's court. This, I think it was the 3rd of March. The 3rd of March um, was when I first read about this on Mac rumors. I later read about it on Picker that morning uh, in Australia. That, yes, the 3rd, yeah, it is the 3rd of March, was when the TGA officially approved its use in Australia. I'm recording this on the 18th of March, and Apple has not pushed out the update as yet. So, again, it does tell you, and I, can, and I don't want to be mean about it. But when it takes Apple two two odd years to even bother with going through the approval process, and now it's been a good couple of weeks before they've bothered to roll out the update to enable Australians to use it, gotta tell you, Apple just don't care. They just don't care about Australians. They don't. That, that's all I can say. They just do not care about providing us with the full capabilities of the products they sell. We're not a huge market for them. They don't care. That's it. Now we're going to talk about some big news from Google. Uh, Some big news from Samsung, and we're going to talk about my crazy audiovisual experience in a a hotel with Samsung equipment. Now, Google invited us to a briefing. Honestly, it feels like a couple of weeks ago, but time is confusing these days. Um, They invited us to a briefing for a new product, and I didn't know what it was going to be. I had no idea because I don't tell you until you walk into the room in this case, virtually. However, it was the um, briefing on the new Google Nest Hub. That's what it's called. It's just the Google Nest Hub. There's no two on the end of it or anything like that. Um, I have the Nest Hub Max in my kitchen. I love it. Large display, pretty good speakers on the thing. Uh, really good for when you're in the kitchen, you know, cooking. You can watch a bit of TV on there. You can watch, um, you know, videos. You can do calls on it. Uh, You can see who's at the front door. I really love smart displays. I think they've just killed smart speakers for the fact they add so much more to it. Anyway, the new Google Nest Hub is the smaller version. So, we're talking about a seven inch display here. Um, The new model has removed the camera. So, if you were actually using this to make video calls, you can't do that. If you were using it to, um, yeah, that's pretty much what it was for. Actually, the other cool thing I used to love about having the camera on the front is when your hands were dirty, you could just hold like your hand up like a stop sign to the device and it would stop the music. Um, you could use your hands to wave instructions through if you were cooking and things like that. With the camera being gone, those sort of motions won't work anymore. But they've removed the camera and actually, as we started to go through the briefing, we understood why. They removed the camera because probably for privacy reasons and also for your own confidence, this one belongs in the bedroom. Now, it wasn't particularly said that this, this is the product for the bedroom. You could put it wherever you wanted to, but. There is a feature in here called Soli, S-O-L-I. Soli is a new technology, guys, and it's extremely exciting. It's essentially a form of radio wave sensing. Sounds kind of crazy, and they even showed some weird diagrams that make it look even crazier. But essentially, it is able to do sleep tracking and advanced sleep tracking from your bedside. So it's like having a sleep therapist who sits next to you while you sleep, watches your breathing, pays attention to your coughing, snoring, whatever the case may be, even your movement, and will give you a sleep report based on that when you wake up. I find it fascinating. It thinks that it can distinguish you from a partner that's next to you. It thinks that it can actually distinguish the snoring sounds between you and perhaps your partner next to you. And I'm going to be very interested to test this because You know, they've talked about that they've tested this on 15,000 individuals. They've paid attention to 110,000 nights of sleep. They're really using a lot of data to try and validate that this technology does work. We're talking about not wearing a wearable to bed. Um, I love this idea. I think that, you know, for a lot of people, it's uncomfortable wearing wearables to bed. If you have an Apple Watch, you're more likely charging your uh, wearable at night as well. Not that it has very good sleep tracking, but, you know, a lot of smartwatches don't last. Multiple days. Um, I'm wearing the Fitbit at the moment, the Fitbit Sense. I charge it once or twice a week maximum. So I do happily wear that to bed, but I don't mind wearing it. It's pretty slim. Some other smartwatches are a bit more bulky. So having this, it's going to sit by your bedside, it's going to pay attention to your sleep and give you some really interesting insights. The part that it gives you above and beyond others is its ability to tell when you've moved, ability to tell what kind of snoring patterns you've got, if you've been coughing, and really look at that kind of data. I'm excited to get one. I think mine arrives next week or this week. It's a bit late this week, but we'll see what happens. I want to set this thing up immediately. I've got the Echo Show 8 on my bedside table at the moment. I love having a smart display next to me. Um, it's just so handy when I'm doing anything in the morning. I can walk around the room, you know, give me the weather report, show me the weather. Um, I, I've bought stuff while just walking around the room. If I've run out of um, aftershave balm or something like that, I'm like, you know, hey, a. Hey, order me some more of this and it does it. I do a lot of this sort of stuff on the fly now. So very interesting to see how this goes. The most interesting part though, I mean, there is some other software changes, mostly visual, but the older devices will get those updates as well. So the sleep thing is really all this one has. Um, Here's what's interesting. The 2021 model, this new model, yes, it doesn't have the cameras built in, but it's going to be available um, over the next coming weeks, $149. Why that's interesting is because the Google Nest Audio, which is just a smart speaker, is $149. Now, I don't expect that this Nest Hub will sound as good as the as the Nest Audio, but at the same time, given you get the display and the sleep sensing, I just can't imagine someone wanting to get the speaker over the hub. You know, if if that, both of them are really built for bedrooms, you wouldn't really have either of them in a living area. So if it's going to be built for bedrooms, guys, why wouldn't you have the display and have it do the sleep monitoring for you at the same time? Some people are going to be very bit weird and awkward about this whole, why is a Google device monitoring my sleep from a distance? You know, people being conscious of privacy and stuff like that. Who cares? Who cares? This thing is, it's just going to monitor your sleep. It doesn't care. You're not going to get silly, Posturepedic knocking on your door the next day going, well, oh, we noticed you had a bad sleep. Have you thought of a new mattress? not going to happen. And you know what? If it was able to do that, if it was able to really detect that my pillow sucked and maybe I should get a new Spinal ease pillow because Ben Fordham on 2GB says I should buy one, great. Maybe I do need a new pillow. Maybe I would like a recommendation on that. And thank you for diagnosing me in that way. Is that a bad thing? But if it started to say, hey, you're a terrible snorer, you sound terrible, you're waking up everybody, even me, yeah, maybe I'd be upset by that. But anyway, I think this is exciting. I'll give you a full review of this once it arrives and maybe probably after a good week of actually testing and some solid sleep next to the new Google Nest Hub. Now, it wasn't that long ago that I was singing the praises of Google. I'm sorry, I know, I know we just talked about Google, but this is a different part. We well, are singing the praises of Google. They announced a 5G device under $1,000, the Pixel 5, 999. And then they announced the Pixel 4a with 5G for under $800 at $799. I was like, wow, this is incredible. How'd they do that? You know, at that, at that point, Samsung were bringing out their 5G phones only in the, in the premium Galaxy S20 range. And it was like, wow. And then we started to have companies like Realme bring out 5G phones at $499. It was only a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about that and telling you guys, this is insane. And I've tested it and I found it to be a fantastic device at $499. So then Samsung comes back out. And it's like a swinging match. Obviously, in between all that, Apple comes out with their 5G devices, $1,000 plus, but that's normal in that flagship range. That's like the standard now. If you're announcing a $1,000 phone these days and it's not 5G, yeah, bad, bad you, naughty. But now, at this lower price point, is where it gets interesting. So, Samsung comes back in you know, today and, like, hey guys, we're going to have some new phones too. But they've announced six new phones. Crazy. It's the A series. The A series is usually the entry point of smartphones, it's the gateway drug for Samsung. You're going to come in, it could be your first smartphone. You're not expected to go straight to the, the Galaxy S series and go and spend $1,000. Not expected. When it's your first smartphone or you have limited requirements, a-series meets 90% of people's needs. So the A32 is their base model. A32, 128 gigs of storage, 6 gigs of RAM, 499 The A32 with 5G. <laughs> Listen to this. I said A32 before. This is now the A32 with 5G, 120 gigs of storage, 4 gigs of RAM, which is a little bit less. Same price, 499 So 499 is now the battleground for 5G devices. You can now get more than one 5G phone for 499. You can get the one from RealMe that I know of, and you can get this one from Samsung. They also have the A52, the A52 5G, um, and they have an A72. The biggest differences amongst all of these is screen size and some camera functionality. Um, there's one other benefit, is you'll find that some of them have a 120 hertz display if you feel like you need one. But the fact is, that we've now moved into another era where the big names like Samsung are bringing out 5G devices at a lower price point. And I love this. It just means that we're getting competitive, more competitive, and more competitive. And I just love that. Bring on the battleground. I love seeing it happen. Um, the A-series, I genuinely believe, as I just said it a minute ago, 90% of people will be, have their needs met with these devices. And this is Samsung trying to push away the likes of Oppo, Realme, um, probably not really Huawei anymore, but TCL, Alcatel and others to say, get off our turf even here. Samsung don't want to just be battling Apple. Samsung want to be battling everyone else at the lower ground. Because what they know, and I don't think Apple knows yet, but what they know is that a 16-year-old, 15-year-old, hack, even lower, can't afford $1,000 for a new smartphone. But if they can get in at $499, then maybe when they're older, when they've got a full-time job. When they feel like they need it, they can go and get the $1,000 plus device. So that's where Samsung is thinking. And I think that's the smart way to do it. Get them early. Acquire your customer early. Build that relationship. Have a good product early and keep it going. So at 499 I think it's a really good move by Samsung, um, especially when I was just talking about a Realme device at the same price. And when you put them side by side and you tell somebody, hey, do you want the Realme or do you want the Samsung? You can kind of see already where that answer might go. Anyway, if you do want one of these, they're going to be available on the other side of April-ish, somewhere mid-April, you'll find them available April 9th. There it is, April 9th. All six of them will be available at one time. And I will just just go straight one more time looking at these specs. I mentioned the um, A52 with 5G, which is the slightly larger version compared to the A32. It's got 256 gigs of base storage. And I just noticed that. 256 gigs of base storage, 749, 8 gig of RAM. What the heck is Apple doing? I mean, that, that iPhone SE is looking silly. You know, that one which they released looked like the iPhone 8. It's got the home button. doesn't have 5G. Just sits there looking like an old, old device, but, you know, being presented as new. What do they call that lamb dressed as mutton? Mutton dressed as lamb. That's what the iPhone SE is right now. This A52 5G is lamb. Dressed as lamb, like a good lamb, goes well with red wine, like Cabernet Sauvignon. So I finished work last night and uh, put the family in the car, packed a overnight bag, and we drove into the city. And to be honest, it's been a while since I've um, since I've you know gone on a on a night away like that. And it was really cool to to do that. But it's funny that. You know, if I normally go away and I'm booking a hotel room or something like that, um, this wouldn't have been the level of room I would have booked. I walked into this hotel room and I'm talking about a room that has a dining area, a separate bedroom, separate living area, big bathroom, bathroom as big as most bedrooms, um, and even a kitchenette. And that wasn't the most impressive thing. The most impressive thing was when I looked into the living room and I saw an 85-inch television. Now, it's different. I've seen them in stores before. I've seen them at um, consumer events and things like that. But it's very different when you actually see it in a room that you're about to sit down in and enjoy some TV. The TV that I was looking at was the new Samsung uh, QN900A. This is an 8K television, uh, 85 inch mini LED, all the bells and whistles. This is their top of the line, bee's knees TV. $13,999 worth of television was sitting in front of me. My wife and a two year old, which could be a bit scary at the same time because he could reach it. The other cool thing was in front of it was a full soundbar setup. And I'm talking about, again, their top of the line soundbar setup, which has, you know, the soundbar itself, two rear speakers, and a separate subwoofer. Um, that's the 11.1.4 um, system, which means full Dolby Atmos, the works. Basically, I was sitting in a, in a living room that was built assembled for watching movies, for watching any content and having realistically the best experience you should be able to have in 2021. It was, it was, everything was there. It was all there, all set up, ready to go. The rear speakers were even on speaker stands, like they went through all the effort to do it all properly. And then, okay, that's amazing. Walk into the bedroom to put my bag down. Oh, and there's a 65 inch frame, the new Samsung frame sitting there. And I, I have a frame at home. I have a Samsung frame in my living room. It's only 55 inch, 65 looks quite beautiful. They've also got the new beveled uh, frames around the edges. So it looks, it looks even more like artwork than, than anything else. And you think, okay, cool. I got a bit of work to do here. I got, some, I got some products to review. And it was weird to sort of give myself permission to just watch a lot of TV. I literally had to just say, look, well, what am I doing tonight? I'm not turning my laptop on and, and working. The work that I'm going to do tonight is watching content. And I was quite lucky that um, I ordered room service because there was no way I was going leave to that, leave that room and miss out on time in front of the telly. Uh, we watched some free-to-air uh, content. We watched I switched from that to Disney+. Plus. I went from that to Netflix. I went from that to Stan. I watched some KO as well because I wanted to check out what sport was like. I went to generic YouTube um, and also used catch-up streaming services as well because I love to watch a bit of Seinfeld. I think on Stan, I watched The Untouchables because I wanted to get very old content on that TV. So you can see what I was trying to do here was watch um, some of the best content I could get, such as Toy Story 4 in in 4K. I was watching some stuff from Netflix. um, What's it called? Division 6 or something like that, um, that has amazing action scenes in it, which really fires up your Atmos system. Um, I watched a lot of demo videos on YouTube. Again, 4K really highlighting how good the TV can look. But then, you know, watching Seinfeld, watching The Untouchables filmed so long ago, that's when you can also see what the upscaling capabilities of the TV is like as well. So, And then obviously KO, I watched some um, Premier League football and watched some of the America's Cup. How good is America's Cup? Like, I didn't realize, maybe it's an age thing. I'm really getting into the sailing idea. I really like it. I've been on yachts like that and I've I've traveled at crazy speeds on yachts like that. I did it with the Red Bull um, team in Sydney Harbour once, scared the life out of me, had to wear a helmet, held onto these little nets just for my dear life. Um, it's crazy stuff anyway, so here I am sitting there, just told to appreciate um, you know fifteen thousand dollars worth of TV and audio in the living room, and then later on at night, if I had time or if I could actually you know hold my eyes open, watch some content on the frame. I actually did the frame in the morning uh, once everyone was awake again i will I will say, and I mentioned this earlier in the show, pairing headphones to a TV. I did that again last night because while I enjoyed the Atmos system as much as I could while um, while everyone was awake, once everyone went to bed, I wanted to continue enjoying what I was watching on TV. So I brought a pair of Bang and Olufsen um, H9s with me, which are about, you know, they're super expensive headphones, but they're fantastic. Bluetooth them to the TV. That way I've got that 85 inch TV providing the visuals, but not letting myself down on the audio side as well. So what was it like? Well, pretty good. The first thing I'll say is an 85 inch TV when you walk into the room is daunting. It's dauntingly big. it's very tall, it's very wide. You certainly need some space for it. What I will also say is it was amazing how quickly we all looked at each other and went, "I kind of don't mind it. It's very quick to adjust to that size television. Obviously you need the entertainment unit space and whatever it is, uh, but I got used to that size pretty quick, and watching Free-to-air TV eventually it felt normal. The one thing that did surprise me and continued to do so was the brightness. You know, we had the lights down, um, and when you get an all-white part of the TV lighting up, it's bright. And if you're sitting right in front of it, you're almost squinting at this big blare that came at you because you've got an 85-inch screen projecting white at you. It's no doubt going to be a bright light. The other thing, though, and this is something that surprised me, was contrast levels. Now, when I say contrast, I'm talking about your black and whites. Obviously, I mentioned how bright the whites are, and that's expected, but black has always been something that LG, in their OLED TVs, have always won the race on, because with OLED, the technology in itself allows it to black to be pure black. Mini LED seems to have really lifted Samsung's game. Obviously, before Mini LED, we had the larger LED lights inside the television, which meant that it needed to create black, and creating black is very difficult. Without some element of power draw, which means you used to get when you're looking at those letterbox parts of um, of a TV, you're watching something in sixteen by nine. You can usually clearly see where the black panels are, top and bottom. In this case, when the lights were down, I couldn't distinguish the darkness of the walls, which was black, to the letterboxes, and when black was black, black was black. The bezel of the frame was indistinguishable from the screen which meant that when black was on it was black which surprised me and it is a massive swing across the bow for LG when they I haven't tested their 2021 um, OLED yet but their their strength was how good their blacks were and I think Samsung has caught caught up on that maybe LG has advanced in other levels and I'm yet to find that out but from what I've seen so far that's a huge plus um, and that's going to be on any of the mini LED TVs so don't think that because I'm talking about an 85-inch um, 8K TV, that that's going to be the only way you can do it. No, no, no. This is all of their mini-LEDs. So I'm talking about even their 4K versions as well. So you know, don't, don't think that because of what I saw is what you have to spend. That technology exists in a whole range of their television. So if you see mini-LED, the display that I saw is probably going to be very similar to what you would see on a mini-LED TV. Beyond all of that, beyond the, the amazing visuals, I have to say, watching sport on there while it was very nice. When I switched to um, the football or the soccer, whatever you want to call it, I didn't think it was better than previous years. Now it was still good, um, but the grass was not. Didn't look like proper grass. You know, when they when they do the normal sideline view from the commentary box, that camera angle, um, the grass looked like carpet. It didn't look like grass. When they change camera angles and they get to a lower level on the ground, yeah, it looks clearly like grass. The motion blur on the ball is still there. Um, That seems like it's going to be a continuous challenge. This doesn't have a particular sport mode that could enhance that like sense has had. Um, I had a lot of ghosting still you know, from players and the ball. Um, There was still that motion blur going on and there was something going on with that grass. It just bothered me. I tried it. I tried it in KO and I thought maybe it's the app. So I went to YouTube and watched some highlight reels of EPL there and still noticed some motion blur on the ball. So I look, I think maybe it's more noticeable as well because it's an 85-inch TV, but um, motion blur is still there. And look, it's the same on all of the TVs. It's just that, God, you're just sitting there going, man, this is, TV is so beautiful. It's such a shame that it's let down when you're watching sport. It's just, it's just you don't want that. You don't want to see it. Um, outside of everything else, the menu system, the UI is fantastic. I've always been a fan of it um, on my Samsung TVs. I've always enjoyed it. I think the LG one is very good too. They're, they're really the only two I really love. The, now, the biggest changes I'm noticing is speed. It's incredible. I was Because you have access, and they literally gave us access to all the streaming services you could think of. I was I'm a massive browser. So I went from Netflix to Stan to Amazon Prime to Disney Plus to KO, snap, 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 scrolling through their libraries as fast as my finger could move. And it wasn't the TV that was lagging. The menu system was rocket fast. And I loved that. When I wanted to pair my Bluetooth headphones to it, it was so simple, so quick to do it. Um, It's really nice. The soundbar obviously works in unison with the TV so well as well that You know, it's seamless. You don't know that they're two separate products when one's connected to the other. That's it. It just works. You don't pick up the second remote, you just use the one remote. It's a nice experience. Um, In the bedroom with the frame, yeah, it's still good. It does have, they they all have this now, this new multi-view feature where you could be um, connecting a webcam to the television and watching a YouTube video so you can see yourself on one side of the screen, watch a workout video off YouTube on one side. And literally make sure you're following your postures correct, following the workout. You can do all of that now with this multi-view technology, but it is limited in what kind of apps you can use to do it in. Um, YouTube, I think, being the main one that you can use. So if you've got, I don't know, if there is a workout app that comes out, we're going to have some issues there as to Samsung allowing that to be used in multi-view so that you can follow along with that workout. I'm obviously thinking about things like Apple Fitness Plus, um, other other kinds of apps in that way. I think Center is another one. There's a few others. There's that one from Chris Hemsworth or whatever his name is. Um, Curious to see how that would go. So really nice televisions. I'm not complaining whatsoever. The remote control, as I've mentioned before, solar powered now, no battery. Um, It's quite weird. I think it's also somehow magically charged by indoor light as well. This panel on the back looks really interesting. Doesn't look like a solar panel at all, um, but apparently it can receive energy from your indoor lights. So if it just sits on a bedside table face down, panel up, it'll recharge itself. No batteries anymore, which is so cool. Beyond all that, really nice stay. Won't complain. I think it was called the Old Clare in Chippendale. Pretty cool hotel. Very retro. A lot of cool like museum pieces around. Um, awesome room. Good, good room service. Can't complain. They had an amazing chicken snitty. Can't complain. Ladies and gentlemen, that's been the show. I've finished my wine. We covered a lot today. We covered a lot. And I will just reiterate, if you're still listening, if you're still here, thank you, first of all, for still being with us. Um, You can SMS me just like Chris did earlier, 0467-439-078. Ask a question. You'll get it answered on the show. Everybody else who's still waiting, it's coming. You're going to get your answers. If you have not left a review on the Apple iTunes store, you can do that. You can go in there. I think it's free to leave a review. They don't charge you for it anymore. You go in there, you type in one star. Jeff talked about Samsung TVs for too long. Oh, can't believe he had a Grenache. He should have had a Shiraz. Type it in. Happy to read the reviews. One stars, five stars. I'll take them all. Prefer fives. But if you're going to leave one, just leave a comment. Let me know why. Let me know what I can improve, Let what I can do differently ladies and gentlemen, thank you. You've been an amazing audience. Thank you for your your interaction throughout the show and your applause. I'll speak to you again next week. We have more interviews next week. I'm looking to talk to someone about electric toothbrushes because I've got a $750 one that I need to know more about. We're going to talk about a bunch of other things. I want to do something about networking as well. Maybe get someone from Netgear to come on the show as well. So Stay tuned. We'll speak to you again soon. Bye-bye.